When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm uh, John Quinn. I'm the Chief Investment Officer and General Partner of Decentral Park Capital. I've been in the crypto space since 2015 when I co-founded Storage Labs, which is a decentralized cloud storage provider. Prior to that, I was doing um, traditional finance. I was an investment banker at uh, Credit Suisse and Flemings, and I also did global markets at Deutsche Bank, um, and also ran a $200 million private equity fund. What is DeFi? DeFi is short for decentralized finance. And so if you can imagine a financial primitive like lending or trading or insurance, that financial primitive is being boiled down into a protocol, um, much the way that TCP IP is a protocol for the web. Um, and within these protocols, they do one specific thing. Um, and so, but it really brings supply and demand together to interact with the protocol directly without any middlemen. We like to say that the middleman has been replaced with middleware. And what what makes it so interesting as well is that it's open source and it's transparent and it's highly inclusive such that anyone with a mobile phone and an internet connection can participate in this. And it's especially important when you, when you think about there's 1.7 billion people globally that are unbanked. Um, and now there's 3.5 billion people that have smartphones, which has doubled in the last eight years. Um, and with the advent of Skylink, you can see a future where everyone's going to have a smartphone, everyone's going to have internet, and they're going to be able to have banking services um, through decentralized finance. And what, I, what we believe in part of our investment thesis is what we're seeing now is basically the building of the backbone of the global financial network um, that's going to touch every human on the planet. How do you value DeFi projects? We're seeing a, a Cambrian explosion of uh, projects in this space, and this is you know being buoyed by a uh, large amount of capital flowing into the space. So, total value locked is is a metric widely used to measure how much collaterals in the ecosystem. Kind of went to from one billion in January of last year to about fifteen billion by the end of the year. Now over forty billion. We believe over to over two hundred billion by the end of this year. Um, so basically each protocol has a different value capture mechanism and, and some of these assets are more, uh, some of these protocols are more asset driven and some of them are more cash flow revenue driven. And so it, it really depends on uh, the type of business it is um, to basically understand the value capture mechanism within the protocol. But what we do um, is basically we look at the on-chain data to be able to measure what the asset flows are and the cash flows and we ingest all of that on-chain data and then do financial um, models on top of that that basically mimic the, what you'd use in traditional finance, whether that be an asset-based methodology or a cash flow-based methodology. So it kind of depends based on the protocol. Do we see product market fit for DeFi? I think that when you start to see tens of billions of dollars flow through uh, an ecosystem that, and, and you know, each one of these has code that, that you know, ostensibly is hackable, 
um, and they haven't been hacked, then 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 I think you are really starting to see product market fit. Um, you know, and once we get to a hundred billion, I, I believe in the second part of this year, it'll be even more clear. But we're, we're don't 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 kid yourself. They, these this is very early days. This is perhaps 92, 93 internet days. Um, so we're in the very early stages. Only a million and a half people globally have interacted with smart contracts using DeFi. So if you're looking at this video, you're one of the very first people to know about this. One of the great things about DeFi is all of the on-chain data uh, is is transparent and, and visible to anyone. So we we basically ingest all of that on-chain data into our business analytics uh, software infrastructure that we've built over the last uh, two years. Um, and basically do overlays of that on-chain data, whether that be an asset-based valuation methodology or a cash flow-based uh, methodology, in order to basically use what are real cash flows and real assets um, flowing through them to establish what is fair market value in our view for what that, that, that token should be worth based on the value capture, based on the growth and, and the like. And then we see where the, the price is trading because all the assets that we're targeting are, are, are uh, traded assets. Um, they may be a liquid, but they are traded. And so there's a price. And so then we're looking at the, the basically the fair market value versus the price, whether um, there's a compelling opportunity for us to get involved or perhaps to um, exit a position. What are some financial primitives being carried over into DeFi? Well, last year we had some screaming winners um, in the lending space. We were early investors in Aave um, and earned about 36 times our investment on, on that. We were also uh, early investors in Nexus Mutual, which is an insurance um, pr primitive that um, also returned over 15x. Um, you know, so with, within the broader finance um, ecosystem, you can think of that being composed of hundreds, if not thousands, of financial primitives. Um, and you know, what we're seeing is the replication of the, the traditional finance ecosystem now in DeFinance. And so your DeFi represents. Um, you know, hundreds of financial primitives that will be built over the next year or two, three years, and they're composable. And so part of the network effect between these um, protocols is that you can kind of plug one into another, like link logs and build other things. And once these protocols have, you know, billions of dollars running through them and have not been hacked, then you can have some certainty that they can't be hacked. And then you can basically build financial products that compose multiple of these primitives. Ethereum basically that was the first um, layer one chain that that offered smart contracts, um, which basically enabled people to build applications on top of that. And, and unfortunately, is is a victim of its own success. We've seen um, the theoretical limits uh, be reached in terms of throughput, and now you're seeing massive gas costs and congestion in that network. Um, other other protocols, a chain of chains, uh, are, have kind of uh, stepped into the fray, and they're basically helping um, you know, basically do computations off chain uh, or through other chains, and then connect back into the Ethereum network. Um, so yeah, so you're seeing chains like Binance, which are centralized, um, their their chain, and then you're think, seeing things like Polkadot, which enable people to basically utilize the Ethereum network, but without the congestion, without the high gas fees. What is Decentral Park Capital? Decentral Park Capital is a digital asset manager. Um, we're, we're basically wrapping up our first fund and launching our second fund. Um, it was born from um, friends and, and of mine and business associates that were seeking to get exposure to digital assets, um, folks that I've made money for in the past. 
and has uh, grown to a team of uh, six people um, and probably 10 by the end of this quarter. So um, it's been rapid growth in terms of um, our, you know, our performance and, and assets under management. We, we currently manage about $60 million um, and we're targeting 75 million uh, in, in this uh, upcoming close. This fund is a, is a 24 month uh, fund for decentralized finance. And so we're gonna be investing in assets, we're targeting assets that have market caps uh, under 200 million. Um, so these are um, assets that we believe that have 10X potential uh, within the DeFi space. We're not gonna be, there There are assets that are multi-billion dollar assets uh, within DeFi. Uh, we, we were investing in those last year before they were multi-billion dollars. And what we're trying to do is identify the, the new tokens, the new financial primitives that have uh, the potential to reach multi-billion dollar uh, capitalizations, but to get into them uh, sub 200 million. How does Decentral Park Capital monitor and analyze developments in the ecosystem? It's drinking out of a fire hose. It's it's really difficult. There's now over 8,000 tokens, and so it's it's challenging. But we, we've built proprietary technology that basically helps us to ingest on-chain data and basically track that data and basically build our models for, for fair, fair market value relative to the current price based on on-chain data. And that's been really helpful because, you know, for any given financial primitive, there might be five or 10 names um, that are competing in that space. And then we can basically plug all of them into our business intelligence platform and basically measure one against the other and see who's winning and start to, um, you know, make bets uh, uh, within that peer group. We're investing solely in liquid tokens. So um, generally these tokens have not um, been listed on Coinbase's or Binance's, but we, we're trying to basically identify them, and they're, they're currently traded on uh, decentralized exchanges, DEXs like Uniswap and SushiSwap, and we're um, basically buying them. We have the, we've developed proprietary technology to buy them, you know, using traditional finance tools like TWAP and VWAP to get into relatively illiquid names. Um, but we're yeah, we're targeting very early stage, um, but liquid tokens. So it's, it's a contrast to venture capital where you might have a seven-year hold period before you have liquidity. Here you have liquidity day one, but um, the liquidity might not be able to get in in large numbers. In what ways has the market changed compared to 2020? 2020 was really where DeFi started to get product market fit, went from 1 billion to 15 billion in total value locked, how much collateral was flowing through the ecosystem. Now we're seeing it going from you know 15 billion, already over 40 billion, um, here this spring, and it looks like it's going to go, you know, well over 100 to 200 billion by the end of this year. Um, there've been, you know, just uh, because there's been so much capital flowing through it, there's more and more teams, there's more and more opportunities, people trying to fill in all the financial primitives that haven't already been spoken for. And then there's people that are building um, applications using these um, uh, uh, protocols uh, that are almost like Lincoln logs, you know, adding lending plus insurance, uh, and then creating a new financial product. And so it's it's quite interesting to see, you know, how the Lincoln Logs are coming together and building financial products that have more application to a wider audience. What valuation methods do you use? We've built a business intelligence platform that we affectionately call the Whopper Um so there was a, a computer in a, in a in a movie called War Games with Matthew Broderick, and uh, so that, that was kind of a riff on that. But um, the Whopper basically allows us to ingest on-chain data and be able to then do an overlay of, of uh, financial valuation methodologies on top of that on-chain data. Um, so we spend a lot of time, and we've you know been developing this over the last two years, and we're constantly refining it. But what it really does is helps us surface opportunities and things that we should be paying attention to when something's growing, you know, 
20, 30% week over week, uh, then it's going to pop up on, on the Whopper. And then we're going to say, okay, what, what's going on here? How does it look relative to its peer group? Why is this happening? And then perhaps we will uh, allocate more capital towards those opportunities. A lot of, a lot of this is uh, predicated on kind of product market fit and growth. And so this is really just a tool for us to be able to do the, the, the quantitative, okay, how are things moving? And then uh, on top of that, have a qualitative overlay of like, okay, who's the team? What's the tech stack? You know who, who you know how 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 are they addressing this the, this market opportunity and the like, um, but yeah. So basically, the, the the Whopper is a is a very important tool, a proprietary tool for us to um, for our investment process. What is your investment thesis? Our thesis is that what we're seeing now is the underpinnings of a, a new global financial network. The the connotation of that is 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 quite massive, and and if you think about it in terms of you know the World Wide Web and the implications that had on on multiple industries, the music industry being one of the most poignant, and how that disintermediated um, you know labels. Um, so if 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 this does play out, and we're starting to see early signals of traditional finance companies going in and seeking yield within the the DeFi ecosystem. Um, you know, we think that that, you know, that that we're just really in the beginning. We're maybe in the fourth or fifth pitch of the first inning, uh, to put it to put it uh, in, in baseball terms. So we think it's it's very very early days, uh, and this could be a multi trillion dollar industry within you know five to ten years. Are you investing in DeFi outside of the Ethereum blockchain? We're definitely making uh, investments outside the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, so. We're we're targeting other uh, layer one opportunities um, where the, basically they have financial primitives similar to those uh, on the Ethereum network, and we're really just looking for things that have, um, you know, that basically create value to their users and that are showing strong signs of product market fit. Um, so, but we're we're blockchain agnostic. We're just we're trying to figure out what is actually of value um, and what has, is, is showing demonstrable traction. Do fiat currencies ever go away? I don't think that they fully go away, but I do think they're being disintermediated by this technology. And you know, look at the, at the U.S. dollar. You know, with eighty five percent of global trade being done in dollars, and the U.S. economy representing you know twenty ish percent, and China taking over the first spot in global um, GDP, is that is that you know sustainable long term? I don't think so. China has been very very successful uh, building out their technology, their tech stack for blockchain. It's called BSN. The blockchain services network, and they're going to use that for their trade finance with all their trade finance partners. So the the you know fiat is being digitized, and so there are central bank digital currencies like the digital yuan that are going to compete with non-sovereign digital currencies like blockchain and Ethereum. So I think they're going to coexist, but I do think that you know having a currency that's not beholden to a you know sovereign government does offer that's ba- based on code and math um, does offer a lot of benefits as, as we've seen now with Bitcoin having over a trillion dollar market cap you know, basically representing digital scarcity um, and so yeah I, th- I think that fiat currencies as long as there's aircraft carriers uh, enforcing you know shipping lanes there's going to be a fiat currency but I do think that that digital currencies are going to start to edge away um, on those uh, on some of their turf. Will traditional finance be disintermediated? I've spent a lot of time in investment banks. I spent you know close to a decade in, in companies like Deutsche Bank, uh, Credit Suisse, Flemings, um, and I know uh, I've seen how the sausage is made, and it's not not that pretty. And there there is a ton of waste 
uh, within those organizations. So what is happening with DeFi is you're, it's basically metal on metal uh, where supply meets demand and all of that that waste is compressed into the protocol and there's a value capture within the protocol that the basically the token holders of that protocol participate in. So, you know, I, I do think that traditional finance will be disintermediated, um, you know, partially from, from this. And I think they'll co-opt the technology um, over time. Um, but, you know, what we're starting to see is that, you know, Fortune 500 companies are giving uh, you know agents um, the ability to put their money, their treasury money, into DeFi to generate yield to basically pull out crypto, convert back to dollars, and give back to their balance sheet. And so, you know, if that's you know just the the first stages of that happening, um, really in a world devoid of yield, you know, you could see that that happening. You know, basically because somebody has to, you know, there has to be a supply, you know, liquidity pools and the like in order to facilitate trading. Um, you know, the, the, I think that. People have a lot of liquidity, but they don't have any way to generate yield. And this is an opportunity for people to generate yield on that liquidity. And I think that'll be increasingly attractive for traditional finance companies. DeFi um, and basically decentralized uh, finance has the potential to be as disruptive as the internet was to um, retail and the music industry, uh, to finance, as these um, intermediaries are disintermediated. How much do you expect the space to grow over the next few years? If you have a macro view that we're in a risk on um, right now, then you want to basically be invested in, you know, because we're investing in the riskiest part of DeFi, you know, the, the early stage of DeFi. And so, you know, our view is that, that it's risk on until the Fed starts jacking rates and the Fed has indicated that they're going to jack rates in 2023. So, you know, we're really trying to fit into that time frame and basically have a vehicle to, for people to express that view to basically capture outsized returns in that window of opportunity before, um, you know, the Fed jacks rates and it becomes risk off.